Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores seeking through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Barty, two degrees now? It certainly is. Maybe this helps us understand the whole gender. Hmm. Gender neutral baby names are on the rise. Hmm. Whether Royal, Charlie, or Salem, Skylar, Justice, or Oakley, it's according to the Associated Press. Unisex names for babies are on the rise among parents more willing than ever to embrace the possibility of gender fluidity in their children. I just wasn't made for these times. The Social Security Administration puts out a top 10 list of popular baby names every year based on registrations, but it also keeps track of names on the rise in its top 1,000. Name Watcher said crossovers and more neutral names haven't overtaken the top spots, but are more heavily represented in the broader ranking, especially among millennials. We chose a gender neutral name, Riley, for my daughter, said Lori Kinkler, a psychologist in San Antonio, Texas. What for? We knew her sex, but gender is fluid and yet to be determined. What am I missing? I'm, I'm willing to learn. Because I don't buy that gender is a social construct. I just don't buy it. Right. I received an email uh, from someone. I work for an organization that tracks statistics related to transgender issues. They self-report at 0.03% of the U.S. population. We knew her sex, but gender is fluid and yet to be determined. Of all the difficulties faced by those who live beyond or across the binary... We didn't want name changing to be one of them. I like that she feels she has options and knows she'll be accepted by us no matter what. Riley is three. Why wouldn't you accept her if you gave her the name Mary? And she later had a little gender difficulty. Wouldn't you still accept her? Yep. Pamela Redmond Citron from Diversityville, co-writer of The Baby Name Bible and Cool Names for Babies, Hey, blogs about baby naming and is also co-founder of the baby name site Nameberry, which crunches 5,000 names every which way. Hmm. Citron says interest in embracing potential gender fluidity is an important reason, but it's not the only reason. In fact, a lot of people choose unisex names because they think they're cool. Maybe that's part of the problem. Trying to be cool. Millennials aren't the only ones to give their kids gender-neutral names. Kyle Good grew up in the 1950s, the middle of five kids, and the only sibling with a gender-crossing name based on a performer her father liked. My partner is named Jerry for Gerald, so when we get introduced as Kyle and Jerry, most people think I'm Jerry and he's Kyle. Huh? Don't ask me. 
Kristen Hammond, 45, in the San Francisco Bay Area, and her husband named their daughters Tegan and Sigrid. She considers both names gender neutral. Tegan, do I know? Sigrid is technically a girl's name, but because mm-hmm. it's so uncommon in the U.S., it reads as gender neutral to most people. She said, the gender neutrality was not something my husband and I discussed explicitly, and I would say it was more in my mind knowing firsthand the hurdles women face across so many areas of life because women are downtrodden. Well, are we trying to uh, are we trying to name these children so they can figure it out later? You can't name someone Mike because he's might like to wear dresses, I guess. Hmm. But I don't think is their names are going to encourage them to or not to uh, change. Uh, we named our baby Avery. The intention was to give them more room to define themselves as they get older. Uh, also, name changes are expensive and frustrating, said Portland, Oregon parent C.J. Alejandro, who strives for gender neutrality in all ways for the two-and-a-half-year-old. No, this is where we need to stop and push back. Well, that's their problem. If somebody's named Jim, and you say, Jim... Uh, you're gonna uh, you're gonna ride bikes and you're gonna play baseball, and that's what you you encourage. And if Jim says I like to play with dolls and cut hair, oh no, you know then what? you can start to. What happened? Oh no, what? I don't even want to do this to you. What? Get your get your uh, get your foghorn ready. You might even need Al Green. You might need everything you got over there. What do you got? <clears throat> Eric writes in. Mm-hmm. Just saw the worst baby general neutral name ever. Yep. Equal. Equal what? The baby's name is Equal. How could you do that to a kid? Equal. Eeks. Eeks. What'd you think of that last play? You want the replay on that Eeks or what? How's that red carpet show going, Eeks? And can you just maybe do the equal sign for your name? Yeah. There like, you go. Hey, who's That's this? Oh, I know who this is. That's this is equal. Oh, no. I gotta see if there's more. Listen what do you got, Eeks? Well, this Oregon parent, C.J. Alejandro, who strives for gender neutrality in all ways for the two-and-a-half-year-old, uh, said, we wanted to set up Avery with an opportunity to not be limited as much as possible by a name and be able to choose an identity as much as possible, given the confines that are forced upon them, said Alejandro, a 31-year-old social worker. So they named the baby a- Avery Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N-N. Uh, we don't know uh, the... We don't know if CJ is a mom or a dad, and we don't know if Avery Morgan is a boy or a girl, because it seems to me what they're doing is they're uh, they're really really micromanaging what problems their kid might face when they when that kid has to have a safe space in a college. Right. But what if what if the, the child is I don't want to use the word strong. What if the child just knows that they want to be frank? And they like cars, and they like a boy named Sue. A NASCAR. Yeah, Johnny Cash was way ahead of the curve, wasn't he? I guess. He? His dad wanted to toughen him up. Rebecca Conley, 29, in the western New York town of Castile, said she and her guitar-playing husband 
chose Lennon Wallace for their two-and-a-half-year-old son. Both she and her husband are fans of the late John Lennon for his music and his activism. I wouldn't intentionally say I gave my son a unisex name, Conley said. As a child, I felt bad for all the Taylor, Jordan, and Jamies I knew whose names didn't identify their sex. By the time I was having kids, 50% of the little girls I met were named Riley, Avery, Logan, etc. It's just too much. And this is all going to backfire on them. I don't know how yet. But they're they're not letting the natural part of life play out. Tom? Hey, Joe. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, maybe it's a ray of hope that they chose John Lennon instead of Vladimir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I guess. You're, we're grasping at straws, but you got to take it where you find them. You know, a question for you, Joe. I wonder if you're familiar with Jordan Peterson. I am very much. I admire his work. Yeah, and I, I you're probably aware, then, that his... His claim to fame was taking on Canada's gender pronoun speech police. Right. And um, there's a pretty famous clip. I don't know if, he, if it's worth playing on the radio, but it's of him basically silencing a rather precious interviewer for quite some time. It was a BBC interviewer. Yeah. yeah. That may, might be worth playing because it, we need people like him and like you and like us sounding the clarion call that, you know, I don't think we need to change uh, centuries of human history because of 0.003% of the population. Look, find Jordan Peterson, BBC interview. You know, Joe, and just food for thought, you know, Rook had just said that this is going to backfire someday, and I kind of can't help but wonder, consciously or unconsciously, I wonder if some of these precious parents are intentionally pushing their kids to the other spectrum. I don't know. Well, but it's an outgrowth of something Pat and I were on to 25 years ago. It's an outgrowth of doodling. Yeah, I, the, yeah, the state fair appearances come to mind. You never thought you'd see the day where no. all 20 people named Skyler with different spellings. Right. Thanks. Right, thank you. All right, I found it, but i got to find the right one. Yeah, I'll let you do that during the break. Okay. Uh, in fact, would you take us to break, please? Uh, I will certainly take us to break, and uh, not a problem. All right, because I'm having a little trouble with the... Well, I can do it now. Oh, you got you it? Know? I'm just changing yeah, my can, pages. I, okay. Uh, just a minute. This is a fun system, isn't it? <laughs> I just love it. I just love it. I'm glad Tom reminded me of Jordan Peterson. He should have come up on the show long ago. He's a clinical psychologist at the University of Toronto, where he's also a teacher. And he's one of the few academics that I'm aware of who is taking the mystery head on. Mm-hmm. He, he, he gets it, and he's a fighter, and he's fighting the mystery, and he's pushing back. And he has a new book called 12 Rules for Life. Uh he was interviewed on the BBC by some gal. I don't, Kathy, know, I don't uh, know who she is. Uh, and uh, among his... Uh, Kathy Newman. Among what he's pushing back against is this ridiculous uh, belief that uh, human beings should be 
gender fluid or identified by whichever pronoun they want to be identified with. And he apparently refuses to do that. And uh, so far, he's surviving as a pushbacker. But here's a portion of that interview. You cited freedom of speech in that. Why should your right to freedom of speech trump a trans person's right not to be offended? Because in order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. You know, like you're certainly willing to risk offending me in the pursuit of truth. Why should you have the right to do that? It's been rather uncomfortable. Well, I'm, I'm very glad I put you on the spot. <laughs> well, I'm you very glad that I have no, you get my, my point. You get my point. It's like you're, you're doing what you should do, which is digging a bit to see what the hell's going on. So and that you, is what you should do. But you're you exercising your freedom of speech to certainly risk offending me. And that's fine. I think more power to you as far as I'm concerned. So you haven't sat there and I'm just trying, I'm just trying to work that out. I mean, because well, he's got you, lady. Ha, gotcha. You have got me. You have got me. I'm trying to work <laughs> that through time. my head. Yeah, yeah. It took a while. It took a while. It did. It did. Yeah. It took a while. You have, voluntary, you have voluntarily come into the studio and agreed to be questioned. Mm -hmm. A trans person in your class has come to your class and said they want to be called. Mm, that's she. never happened. And I would call them she. So you would. So you've kind of changed your tune on that. No. No, no, I said that right from the beginning. What I said at the beginning was that I was not going to cede the linguistic territory to radical leftists, regardless of whether or not it was put in law. That's what I said. And then the people who came after me said, oh, you must be transphobic and you'd mistreat a student in your class. It's like, I never mistreated a student in my class. I'm not transphobic. And that isn't what I said. Well, except you've also called trans campaigners authoritarian, haven't you? I mean, isn't that... Well, only in the broader context of my claims that radical leftist ideologues are uh, authoritarian, yes, which they are. You're saying someone who's trying to work out their gender identity, who may well have struggled with that, had quite a no tough time over the years. Yeah. You're comparing them with, you know, Chairman Mao, who no, just saw the, the deaths of millions of people. Well, just even activists. if the activists, you know, they're trans people too. They have a right to say these things. Yeah, but they don't and have a right to speak for their whole community. To compare them to Chairman Mao or... You know, I could, Pinochet, Augusto Pinochet. I mean, you know, this is grossly insensitive. No, I didn't it? compare them to Pinochet. Well, I did compare them to He Mao. was an authoritarian. He was a right winger, though. I was comparing them to the left wing totalitarians. Okay. And I do believe Mao, they are left wing Mao, totalitarians. Under Mao, millions of people died. Right. I mean, there's no comparison between That's... Mao and a trans activist, is there? Why not? Because trans activists aren't killing millions of people? The philosophy that's guiding their utterances is the same philosophy. The consequences are... Not yet. You're saying that trans activists no could lead to the death oh, of winning. millions of people. What no, I'm doing? saying that the philosophy that drives their utterances is the same philosophy that already has driven us to the deaths of millions of people. Okay, tell us how that philosophy is in any way comparable. Sure, that's no problem. The first thing is, is that the philosophy presumes that group identity is paramount. That's the fundamental philosophy that drove the Soviet Union and Maoist China. And it's the fundamental philosophy of the left-wing activists. It's identity politics. It doesn't matter who you are as an individual. It matters who you are in terms of your group identity. You're just that's saying murderous, things, though, to provoke, aren't you? I mean, you a are bit. a provocateur. I never say You're like anything. the alt-right that you hate to be compared to. You want um, to stir things up. I'm only a provocateur insofar as when I say what I believe to be true, it's provocative. I don't provoke. Maybe for you humor. You don't set out Now and then. I'm not interested in provoking. But what not about the, the thing about, you know, fighting and the lobster? Tell us about the lobster. 
<laughs> well, that's what? quite a segue. Well, <laughs> the first chapter is. I have in my book is called Stand Up Straight With Your Shoulders Back. And it's an injunction to be combative, um, not least to further your career, let's say, but also to adopt a stance of ready engagement with the world and to reflect that in your posture. And the reason that I write about lobsters is because there's this idea that hierarchical structures are a sociological construct of the Western patriarchy. And that is so untrue that it's almost unbelievable. And I use the lobster as an example because the lobster, we, we divulged from lobsters in evolutionary history about 350 million years ago, really? common ancestor. And lobsters like exist in hierarchies and they have a nervous system attuned to the hierarchy. And that nervous system runs on serotonin, just like our nervous systems do. And the nervous system of the lobster and of the human being right, is so enough. similar. that Now I'm really hungry to go to Mancini's. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the difference between you and me. I'm really hungry to read his book, oh. 12 Rules for Life. But he, he's doing what we want. We are, he's pushing. He's that, pushing He's back. the chairman he of pushing back. He didn't let this airhead get the best of him. Right. What gives you the right to risk offending me? And she didn't know what to say there for a moment. Mm. <clears throat> well, good. I'm, I'm glad he's in our, in, our, in our camp, and I'm glad that he's internationally known. So he's our chief number one well, he'd probably pusher consider, backer. He'd probably consider that we're in his camp. <laughs> well, that's true. That's fine. Yeah. What can be in his camp? Offsite correspondent Downing has a great question. Is what? Reavers in there? He's Talk here. to me. Well, you had the baby named Equal. Is the middle name outcome or opportunity? But oh, boom, boom. That would tell us something about the parents, whether they are left-wing nuts or right-wing nuts. That's a great question. Equal. Hey. What's this... the middle name? Opportunity. All right. <laughs> Meet my brother, Long Division. Eeks. Eeks, how you doing? Eeks. Yeah, rough day in school today, Eeks, huh? Wow. Equal. Uh-huh. Yeah, that kid's not going to go. Hey, Sugar. Up. No, nickname would be Sugar. Yeah. Hey, Sugar, what's up? <laughs> I get it. Sweet. Equal, yeah, equal. Equals an artificial sweetener. What's up, Sugar? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, GL will be back in a moment, but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. We got Sugar, don't we? It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal, and your money now. No, Equals brother was Stevia. That was what it was. By the way, I'm glad I listened to that gentleman with the conversation there. I, I've, I've always wondered why having a warm bath in drawn butter always makes me feel well, good. Well, now you know why. What'd I you guess so. It, I guess. I'm just like a lobster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bad day in the stock market today. It's uh, destroyed my voice. That's for sure. Stocks are uh, tumble, tumbling uh, on more trade concerns as the U.S. is about to slap heavy tariffs on imports from China. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 517 points. The Nasdaq Composite down 120, and the S&P 500 is down 47 points. Best Buy said it will cut ties with China's Huawei Technologies amid heightened scrutiny on Chinese tech firms here in the U.S. Reuters says Best Buy will stop selling Huawei's devices over the next few weeks, a setback for the Chinese telecom giant as it looks to expand in the U.S. market. And if you're looking for bargains at Toys R Us, you better get cracking. The retailer said sales started today and will last until the shelves are empty, probably between one and two months. Inventory is already slim in some stores, with the most popular toys sold out. Toys R Us will honor gift cards until April 20th, and ironically, the founder of Toys R Us passed away today. 
I'm Bruce Bale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Does your voice hurt or is it just... Uh... It's the darndest thing. It happened about 6 o'clock last night and uh, I don't know what it is. We'll we'll see. Uh, all right, we'll see how well you do next hour then. We'll <laughs> hold on to this one just in case we need to repeat it. Okay, okay? yeah, re- record that for posterity. <laughs> right. Thanks, Brucey. Hey, Station 280, it's The Rook. I'm going to be there tonight with Dos Equis as their host. 2554 Como Evidence. Como and 280. Also only. Commencing Garage Logic Segment Number 8 Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's cloudy and 42 degrees. The Twins are playing the Yankees this afternoon down to Fort Myers. It's 2-1 to one in the top of the 8th inning. Phil Hughes with a nice start for the Twins. He went 5 innings, only gave up a solo shot home run and struck out 3. Uh, we did have, uh, you know, we have the ESPN crew down there, and yes. uh, Alex Rodriguez, a new part of the crew, uh, uh, a really cool talk about steroids, where he was very, what? he was very honest about everything that he dealt with and how he screwed it up, mm-hmm. didn't handle it right because they started talking about Jorge Polanco, obviously, and uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I was impressed. Does he does he admit to? Oh, yeah. He, well, he did a long time ago. He did. Okay. Yeah, he did a while ago. When he, well, when he was finally caught, basically. And he admitted basically to saying the first part where he wouldn't admit it back in those days, how much he screwed up, how it was his fault. He kept blaming other people. And uh, yeah, I it wonder was, it was interesting. how much of that, and that is, I didn't hear it, but I wonder how much of that, John, is because now he's finally cleared of all the money he was paid from the Yankees. Hmm. I wonder. In other words, the Yankees could go back and probably recoup some of that money. I don't know, but it was interesting. Huh. Very interesting. Uh, twins with a couple of roster moves, by the way. Uh, righties Tyler Duffy and Alan Busanich sent down to AAA Rochester. The Not twins. the Duff, man. Yeah. The Twins now have 38 active players in camp. And meanwhile, the Cincinnati Reds have claimed Kenny Vargas off waivers from the Twins. Where's Kenny Vargas going to play with Cincinnati Reds? I have no idea. He's going to be a pinch hitter. Most DH? Of no sense. It's National League. Damn. <laughs> really thought I had it there, too. You're close. You're yeah. close. State Boys Basketball Tournament in the Class A quarterfinals. Mayor Lutheran defeated Manoman Wabin 71-40. And Russell Tyler Ruthen defeated Hinley Finlayson. Hinkley Finlayson. Phew. Well, this is tough. <laughs> or Jim Finlayson. 87-7. Would have been James. Oh, they're James, right. <laughs> uh, Class 4A semifinals. Uh, the, uh, uh, or not 4A, 3A. Jeez. God, John, you're struggling to beat Hill. Are you really reading from am. my sheet, John, over there? <laughs> Three we'll put seven, a question mark in right, the teleprompter. Right. He's going to read anything you put on it. Stop reading rookie script. <laughs> Big upset in the 3A semifinals. Number one seed, De La Salle, defeated by Columbia Heights, 71-69. to uh, Game two of the day there, just underway. Austin Delano tied at five very early in that basketball game. I'm not trying to go Roycey on it right now, but... Then be careful. I'm I'm all for consolidation because you know you want the kids to be able to play and it's all about numbers. I I get all that. But we got to have a two hyphen limit here with some of these schools. Yeah, there's some Bird Legs Lake Lillian. And we got some Bull. schools that have four. Yeah, uh, come on now. Either either change the name altogether or let's cut her down to about two hyphens here. <laughs> you know what that tells you? Equal. You know what it tells you? <laughs> the schools want too much money because all these consolidations prove is that we're running out of kids. Quit giving uh, them all your money. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, that's if you're going to break it down, you're right. That's yeah. 
News notes from today. The Minnesota Supreme Court has dismissed an appeal on behalf of a convicted Minneapolis serial killer who died in prison. Attorneys for the Minnesota Innocence Project have been trying to exonerate Billy Glaze, who was convicted of killing three women in the 1980s. Glaze died in 2015, and a judge later ruled Glaze's appeal died with him. The state Supreme Court heard arguments in December about whether attorneys for the Minnesota Innocence Project could continue a petition for reviewing the case, but the court dismissed that appeal yesterday, saying the attorneys lacked the authority to act on Glaze's behalf. At the time of Glaze's death, attorneys with the Minnesota Innocence Project were trying to free him based on new DNA evidence allegedly pointing to another man. You know, you mentioned kids and numbers at schools, Joe. I was at the Mall of America yesterday at mm-hmm. around 10. Mm-hmm. I saw about 700 kids that should be in school. Hmm. I'm more interested in why you would have been at the mall at 10. <laughs> it was uh, for a client uh, deal that oh. you might be hearing about very soon oh. on this radio station. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear I'm that actually, Reavers mm-hmm. here for. I'm actually pretty excited about this. Poopy really. butt sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you can do with that, by the way? <laughs> So, Rookie introduced my son to uh, what they're serving at the Wild Game. He got in trouble, not only at home, but at school, because Ooh, he repeated boy. it. Yeah. a boy, Rook. a boy, you little eight-year-old. Kids love potty talk. Well, that's, but you're, that's, you're a moron. All you're I a said, complete moron. All I said when he was you. leaving, I said, you know what they have downstairs? They're serving really good poopy butt sandwiches. And the kid thought it was the funniest he thing ever. I scored. It was mind. on your audience. It was Rookie words. unassisted, okay? <laughs> I needed no help with that one. Yeah. And now he's in trouble, Rook. Way to go. Oh, at that's home parenting. and at school. That's parenting. He laughed so bad, I thought he was going to wet himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Form- butt sandwich. Former gubernatorial <laughs> candidate and Democratic State Representative Paul Thiessen is a finalist for the Minnesota Supreme Court. He's one of several high-profile names who could fill the seat vacated by Justice David Strauss. Strauss was recently confirmed to the federal bench after a months-long wait. The 23-year-old man linked to the deadly bombings that rocked Austin, Texas, and the surrounding areas over the past month had a target list of future locations that he wanted to hit. That, according to the chairman of the House Committee on Homeland Security today. Representative Michael McCall, a Republican from Texas, said authorities have discovered that 23-year-old Mark Anthony Condit had a target list that included the residences and addresses discovered by authorities. He said, I think he had pulled those addresses. These were his future targets. McCall added, based on the data authorities were able to retrieve from Condit, they were able to go to the homes and clear them from any suspicious packages. McCall said that authorities are now looking at those addresses that Condit pulled to try and find a link between them. McCall also said that Condit's 25-minute-long confession to his crimes before detonating a bomb in his sport utility vehicle as officers moved in was a sign of a disturbed young man. He said, I think it's clear from his confession that this is not terror-related, although he terrorized the city of Austin. President Trump's lead lawyer John Dowd resigning today from the president's personal legal team handling the response to the Russian investigation. Dowd said in a statement, I love the president. I wish him well. Dowd, who had urged the president to cooperate with special counsel Robert Mueller's probe and resist attacking him publicly, resigned as his disagreements with the president intensified and the president stepped up his attacks on the special counsel. His departure raises questions about the direction of Trump's legal strategy could signal, according to the experts, a more aggressive posture on the president's part. Meanwhile, here's what it's down to. President Trump and former down to? former Vice President Joe Biden are oh. in a rhetorical smackdown over who could clean the other's clock if they got into a fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, Biden started it, correct? Yes, right? he did. Vice President Biden started this. Biden started it. All I'm picturing is, remember... 
Was it Joe Cap that got into the fight at the NFL Honor Society with him and another 80-year-old guy? Oh, God. That's all I'm picturing right now. Uh, Trump reacting to comments Biden made about him earlier in the week at an anti-sexual assault rally tweeted today, Crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Donny boy. (laughs) At the University of Miami. 6'3 versus 6'1, 236 versus about 211. I don't like like the sitting president's chances. At the University of Miami. I see a very slow battle. Yeah, Hold I see them just, they're both just walking around the boxing ring, you know, exactly. they never like Stan Laurel. And Trump does the claw thing. <laughs> At the University of Miami on Tuesday, Biden cited lewd comments that Trump made in 2005 on that Access Hollywood tape about grabbing uh, women in a certain the spot. swimsuit area. Yeah, without their permission. Did you think I was going to say it? No. You, right, you yeah, rushed in there like you were worried. Well, you wasn't sure with your script if you can speak or not. I trust you. Logan Morrison would have. Yeah. Biden said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Biden, 75 years old, he made similar comments in the closing days of the 2016 campaign. He, of course, has kept over the possibility of a 2020 bid for the presidency. Uh, the 71-year-old Trump dismissed the prospect of a Biden run recently at the annual gridiron dinner with Washington journalists, calling him Sleepy Joe and saying he could kick his ass anyway. Trump also attacked Biden on Twitter in 2016, calling him our not very bright vice president. Hmm. Bill Murray. This is so much fun. (laughs) At least we're, you know, are we... It'd be fun if it wasn't so trashy. Well, that's true. (laughs) Bill Murray thinks the students of Parkland, Florida, have the capability to enact powerful change. In a new op-ed for NBC News Think, the actor compares the organizers of March for Our Lives to the young people who spoke out against the Vietnam War. As he sees it, it was the students who began the end of the Vietnam War. He says that could happen in this situation, too. March for Our Lives is set to take place in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, with sister events taking place in more than 800 other locations around the globe. The event spearheaded by that group of students from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida, where a shooting last month left 17 dead. Murray said, the thing that's so powerful about students is that when you haven't had your idealism broken yet, you're able to speak from a place that has no confusion where there's a clear set of values. Yeah. You want me to say something? Well, I, I did you want to break there? Uh, it's probably. <laughs> Thanks, probably Equal. Should. Equal opportunity. Thanks, you got it? You got it? <laughs> University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Here's Sam Ryan in the Channel 5 Weather Center. Thanks, Joe. Well, we're still dealing with some of those passing clouds out there this afternoon. We'll see temperatures generally in the lower to middle 40s. Overnight tonight will remain quiet. Broken cloudiness down to 28 degrees. Then we become overcast again for the day tomorrow ahead of a storm system. There is a winter storm watch out for counties 
Primarily along and south of the I-94 corridor, where we're expecting some of the higher snowfall amounts. For the day Friday, though, we'll stay mild here in the Twin Cities as that snow moves into far western parts of the state. 44 for a high. The winds will become breezy out of the east. And then by Friday night, that snow should finally arrive here in the heart of the metro. And we're going to have a sharp gradient in snowfall amounts from the northeast down to the southwest. What we're looking at right now, it seems that St. Paul will be in that 2 to 3 inch range. Still water even a little bit less than that. For downtown Minneapolis in the 2 to 4 inch range, areas like Wilmer and Mankato look to be in the bullseye with the highest amounts around 6 to 8 inches of snowfall. The system exits Saturday morning will be mostly cloudy throughout the day, high of only 37 degrees. Then looking ahead into Sunday, things quiet down. We'll get back into partly cloudy skies and a high of 42. And Joe, I have your records. March 22. 71. 71. 1945. 1945. And 14 below. 14 below. 1888. 1888. Thank you. Have a good one. I just wasn't made for these times. I guess I just wasn't made for these times. You know what one sign is that you know you just weren't made for these times? What? When you begin to encounter more and more uh, so-called news items... That, that I don't understand. Uh, that that confused as to why they're in the news or what they represent. What they mean. This is food-based, too. Oh, well, you have my attention. Maybe you can help. All right, here we go. North Carolina State University instructor Mari Mychek, a vegan, published an article called Meatless Meals and Masculinity a scientific article on the intersectional understanding of manliness and eating greens. That's it? After my check conducted 20 in-depth interviews with self-identified vegan and vegetarian men, she concluded they uphold gendered binaries of emotion slash rationality and current ideas of middle-class white masculinity. Uh, I have no idea what she's talking about. No, because I don't even know meatless meals. Before starting her research, my check, she'd be a hell of a date, wouldn't she? Uh, tough to go. Yeah. You'd, it, it, you'd, before it dinner arrived, I'd have to say, what in the hell are you babbling about? Right, right. And plus, uh, there's going to be meat on this meal. So, <laughs> I was listening to, uh, I was monitoring competition on the one of the morning shows after dropping one of the urchins off this morning. <clears throat> And uh, one young gal is a vegan, mm-hmm. and she couldn't even put honey in her uh, tea. Why? And she's a cute gal, nice gal, but uh, because it's made by bees. Is that a vegan thing? Bees aren't animals. What? Well, they're insects, but she couldn't put. And they. Well, they you know they what she her. is? She screwed up. Whoever it is. You should see who she's married to. And she's really screwed up. <laughs> By definition, <laughs> vegans do not eat animals or use animal products, typically for ethical or environmental reasons. While bees make honey themselves, which is an animal product, whether you consume it or not depends on your beliefs as a vegan. Before huh. starting her research, my check thought vegan men would base their decisions to give up meat on emotion and receive negative feedback for the switch. However, her findings were the opposite. 
vegan men justify their identities is not only reasonable and rational, but not emotional, which my check argues is a manhood act. Or in other words, she says they are redoing gender. Is she getting uh, paid? She's getting paid for this. I don't understand. That's a it. public university. <laughs> she's getting paid it. for this. The men effectively engage in a feminized practice, eating only plants, but masculinize it rather than feminize themselves and their consumption identities. My check wrote further arguing masculinity receives, get the groin kick ready. I know she isn't here and she's a woman, but she's getting a kick. Okay. Uh, my check wrote further arguing masculinity receives its prestige, privilege, and power in the U.S. at the expense of women and femininity. What? May. My check also argues people who eat vegan, paleo, or other alternative diets are predominantly white. So is she arguing you shouldn't be a vegan, I guess? Hmm. She concludes veganism is a form of cultural capital or food choice privilege where they symbolize social and cultural prestige at the expense of people in less privileged positions. Jeez. I, uh, and you don't t- you don't think the academy is destroyed when is they employ idiots like this? Gobbledygook. It is evident that a certain amount of privilege is needed in order to eat a vegetarian diet, my check said. Positive meat either that or you could be broke. Positive <laughs> media attention towards vegetarians such as President Clinton and Toby Maguire as being hot and sexy for giving up meat. No, you're not you're not hot and what? sexy. If you've given up meat, you can't be hot and sexy. My check admits that her choice to identify as a woman and as a vegan may have influenced her data collection interviewing the men for the project. She argues more research should be done with less economically advantaged people with diverse race and ethnic okay, groups. Okay, okay. Uh, She's uh, not going to get the the official, you know, our official intro. She's just going to get this. That's a bad one. Women have groins. Jesus. Right? Hello. Uh, Yep. Wouldn't you call that area the groin? Uh, Doctors do, yes. I'm I'm no doctor. I know you're no doctor. I stayed at a holiday in. But yes, they have, uh, and they also have swimsuit areas. Well, you know what? Kick her again. All right. Let's try another one, too. What the hell? I'm a. Oh. Oof. Yeah. I think she's in contention for a groiny, even though we haven't heard her. Right. That violates the... Uh, well, that's why she didn't get the official. Oh. You know, the official one is this. That deserves this. That hurts. Yeah. She'd have to get a different trophy, I would guess. <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, wait a minute. The, the, is it a genderless trophy or is it... Does it have a... I haven't determined the nature of the trophy. But we would know that whether it's male or female, the trophy's going to have a groin. You know, I, I think it's safe to say at this point, it's only 252, but uh, do women have groins is definitely the question of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Call me now. If do women's have groins? Right. If you're what a female, you women? have a groin. <laughs> what is these groins? What is these women's? Do they have these groins? The mongooses? <laughs> This was on Fox News. I wonder how it got. Well, it was campus reform, and I think I think there are those of us who love what campus reform comes up with, and so Fox picked this story up. Of course, it's a non-story. Uh, campus reformer—they were the ones that did the uh, went on campus to uh, talk about what Obama had said 
but they said it was a Trump policy and everybody was against it because it was Trump. It was not airworthy, but it was a pretty good segment. That was the one from yesterday. What was? Remember, we listened to that audio and we decided it was not airworthy. When when students were presented with oh, some yeah, Obama yeah. policies, but they were said they were Trump policies. Then they didn't like them. Then they hated them, yeah. Right. All right. You know who's roaming the halls? Who? Patrick's back. Patrick is. Oh, I don't have to check him out. like a he Greek is, god. He is tan and ready. Yeah, he is. He's he's ready to roll. And we survived a whole spring with him down there, and we haven't had to look at a shot of him sitting shirtless in the bleachers. Yeah, I'm glad that trend is complete. That's uh, that's done. But he'll yeah. be joining us live for a change. We must have taken the early flight out of the fort this morning. Yes, huh? I got a play-by-play of said travel this morning. Why, did it go wrong for him? No, 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 not at all. Oh, I left on time. <laughs> Let's uh, take a vote. Let's go here. Let's uh, <laughs> close up the yard and uh, shut the door. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 42.